clock in here is screwing me up. This clock we got in the studio is like maybe two whole minutes behind the actual radio clock, so I got cut off at the end of the last segment making my point about Aggie baseball. But I'm Ryan Broderick. This is Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers inside the Rollo Insurance Studio. We are welcoming in Billy Lucci this hour. And Lucci, um, I'm sure you've listened a little bit. Too much. Too much. That's Miami, 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 Miami. <laughs> like Keith Whitley. I mean, Somebody at the studio should have thought about that for listen, the intro music. I actually agree with – I think y'all both are on to something. I think you're – well, first of all, before we start, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate did, that. Um, did it go off without a hitch? So, Bronny calls me <laughs> to tell me he's getting, getting engaged. There's a part of this story that I need to tell you when you're done. Yeah, so Bronny calls me to tell me he's getting engaged, like, momentarily. He's like, I, I'm, I think I'm going to do it right now, and he explains to me why. And I'm down in Houston. This was what? This was Friday. Friday yeah. And I said, well, man, congratulations. You know, you know I appreciate you calling and. You know, I'm excited for you. And he goes, well, I, I just – and not even – it would have been good if you were, like, trying to get me, but you were just being completely honest. You're like, well, I was just calling because I know you, you have, like, the worst time in the call in the middle of – Billy has – I'm going to use my phone to record it. I'm going to have it set up. So I, I just didn't – and he's asking me how does do not disturb work. And I go, oh, <laughs> I thought he was calling, like, hey, friend, boss, coworker, <laughs> like, hey – I'm I'm gonna do this, you know. You've been you've been my friend through a lot of things, and here, we, <laughs> no, just hey, don't call me in the next twenty minutes <laughs> and screw up my my engagement video. So Billy is notorious for having the worst <laughs> timing to call, right? I'll be Agreed, but it's not like you clowns aren't the exact same. Think of Maybe. what I deal with: well, you, sure. Dalton, Zane, Nuno, well, Olin, Howler, Howell. I mean, I'm getting it, but I get it. I am like that, but I'm getting it from y'all. For instance, when we go to state championships every year, when they have the national anthem being played, the guy that runs the press box at ATT I've got State, a pretty good anthem timing. It, it never fails. Well, dude, there's like eight games, like eight nat- national right, anthems a day. Right, and we'd be dead silent, Billy will call. Your ring so I told him that uh, you, what Robert, I was doing, it, and I Robert told him, told him Cessna? why. And then, so he, Billy goes, well, you better call Hal too. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I better call Hal. So I called Jason. No answer. Mm. So I sent him three text messages, Billy. said, don't call back. I'm about to propose. Like, don't call for the next hour. It was three separate ones. Literally, I hit end on the record on my phone after I proposed. And there he is. He called. I said, dude. He goes, what? I said, check your text messages. And I felt so bad because he goes, oh, sorry. And then it was great. Yeah, it it was – you just want to make sure what is happening back here. Oh, somebody, somebody coming in so, here like a bull in a china closet. But the topic that has dominated the show today has been realignment. Yeah, yeah. Well, it dominated the show because you you woke up and decided you didn't have any topic, oh. so you want to do realignment. What is this, Richard Where did, Zane? Where'd you go, Zane? Right up here, this new place. I'm telling you. What is it? It's called. I mean, can we do it free advertising? They uh, just opened we, up. Um, do we have a competitor advertising with them? And no. why didn't Zane get me one? Well, because I told him this was. It took him about ten minutes to get it. It's right here in the in the. I didn't South know Gate. Zane was working anymore. <laughs> you thought he quit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, but he ran down there and got me some breakfast and a, a little tea. I like. I'm really a big fan of this place. Anyway, by the way, what, that's breakfast. Yeah, so it's like a really healthy, like, they're really good. They're, they're shakes. They're good. I like how Zane dipped out because during the break, I'm getting a tea. Okay. So, look, first of all, Dalton's on vacation. I got a little something did you, there. 
Did you know that he was on the beach in Mexico? No, I haven't noticed yet from the 76. Here's the deal, though, and I've been telling him this, and he finally, he sent me a selfie. I said, Dalton, any of us here could be doing what you're doing. Like, if you're going to post a picture from the beach every single day on your Instagram that, that no one's seeing, if you don't post even so much as anything – Proving that you're not that you have to prove, but that's what you're trying to so do. Like, you're trying to say, hey, look at me. I'm at the beach. If you're going to do that, anybody could do that. I told Zane, you ought to start screenshotting all of Dalton's pictures and next week just put those out every day. <laughs> because it could be you. It could be me. It right. could be Zane. It could be, you know, Anna Rosa, Emily, anybody. They're the most generic, nondescript pictures of like, hey, here's. I'm not saying he has to be in every one, but I'm not sure he's there. <laughs> well, he did. He was texting us, telling he was eating glizzies on the beach. That's you know, Joey Chestnut's performance. Everybody was talking about hot dogs yesterday, and our group chat is called Hot Dog City. But I did wake up with realignment because yeah, it is the dog days of summer, and outside of um, the Aggie baseball point that I was yeah, I cut myself off on because I didn't have my ears in listening to the the radio break. Uh, realignment has been the story since Friday. And everybody trying to get a grasp on where this thing's going. Okay, y'all talked an hour and a half about. It. I, let's me and you talk a lot of A and M football now. Okay. Because what I realized today is I need to book SEC media days. Mm-hmm. I myself might go to the beach right before that and fly straight to Atlanta. Um, what beach? Cabo. Oh, uh, that's not a, really the beach. I'd call. <laughs> there's not a good. Well, there there. Are I some, thought you were going to Galveston. No. <laughs> ocean, beach. ocean. Yeah. But look. I don't want to talk much more about it, but I realize, look, we're two weeks away from SEC Media Days, and then you're about a month out. No, we're a month out right now from practice starting. Think about yeah, it's that. It's like 60 days of the season. It's insane. Yep. We're a month out from practice starting. So what I want to do is talk, uh, talk about this team and kind of what, we, what to expect. You know what, 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 what we need to see early. So yeah, everything's going on now. So and I, I mentioned. Oh, let, let's talk realignment first before. We, okay, I, I thought talk. you were going no, to no. Team. I'm saying I just want to give okay. my two cents really Go ahead. quickly yeah, for sure. Olin's right about North Carolina, and I've been saying this for literally 11 years now. If the SEC had their druthers, they wanted Texas A&M in North Carolina 11 years ago, and there's a lot of reasons why. Um academically, where it's located, and that market, expanding that footprint, which they would not do with Miami, and and just the, again, just expanding and going, going out to the west by adding A&M. They didn't want to add Missouri. I mean, they really didn't. It's almost like Missouri said, hey, we'll be the 14th. And there was a time, and I've heard Sankey say it, he said it last weekend at the uh, 12th man meetings, there was a time then when they were, you know, they were considering doing a thirteen-team league, and in Missouri, you know, hey, yo, and really smart move on their part, yeah, considering where things are great going, where they're on their part, they're they're in a great position. Yeah. Hell, and they they could probably leave for the, I don't know how much of a fight the SEC would put up if they tried to leave for the Big Ten. That might be a smart move for them mm-hmm. from a competitive standpoint. I, I don't think you know it couldn't happen right now, but as the dominoes start falling, maybe they go. You know, I heard you guys talking about Vandy and stuff, but maybe Missouri, like, go ahead. You're a better fit over there. We don't really need you. But Carolina was the gem. Virginia Tech was a possible. Carolina was the gem. 
and it, and it would still be considered a monster coup. But where I agree with you is, you know, eventually, and I, I said this a long time ago, you're looking at like NFC, AFC in this football thing, eventually. I don't know if it's 24, 26, 28, whatever, the, you know, 32, 32 team leagues yeah. like the NFL, and you have college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. I, I don't know. I heard you guys. I don't like it. I don't like all the stuff going on, the NIL, like the transfer portal. They have no control over anything. They have no vision whatsoever for where it's going. This you, is the death of the NCAA. Yeah, you, but it's not only the NCAA, though. Like, I don't like where it's going for the game, for the sport. Um, eventually, you've got to think that, like, a league, even like the NFL, is going to say, look, just you guys can enter the NFL whenever you want. Like, someday that's going to happen, too. Yeah. Like, because everything is completely – there's no rhyme or reason to anything. It's like every man for himself, a free-for-all. Eventually, the NFL is just going to say, you can all come in. And it's going to you know, ruin lives of so many kids on down the road. But, but hey, you get paid in college, so, so be it. You know, like it's, to me, it's, it's, it's not just the death of the NCAA. It, it is going to eventually be a real problem. I, and I'm hopeful that somehow this thing will get back onto the highway and get into a lane. But I, I right now it's just completely in the ditch, and it's hard to see how it's going to come out of it. But the Miami thing, eventually, when it goes to that size, yes, I think you engulf a Miami. I just don't think that they're sitting at the, at the top of the list or, or even, you know, maybe, maybe not even top three. But they're eventually, yeah. I think well, I was it, going off that engulfs, report from Dennis Dodd. Yeah, I think eventually it engulfs Yeah, Miami. Florida State, Clemson, and Miami. But it's interesting that you say that because if the end goal, like if everybody gets out from underneath the umbrella of the NCAA and then the next thing that happens is, okay, we're doing this, whatever we're calling it, and we're going to have a commissioner and these are the sets of rules for NIL, for transfers, for all this stuff, if they're just rewriting the rule book, then I'm okay with how it is. But I don't know that you get the genie back in the bottle once it's been let out. You damn sure can't in terms of NIL. Well, like this, it, it kind of kind of like the live the thing. You and, can fix the transfer thing. I think you fix it by saying, okay. You can fix that. You you have to sit out a year if you tran- bring the year to sit it, out. But I've talked to people, and I agree with you, and I've said that, but I've talked to people. Okay, my idea was you do that unless the coach gets fired or takes another job after you mm-hmm. sign and before your season. Then those those guys are free and clear. With no penalty to transfer, um, would also bring chaos. But that's where we're at right now, anyway. But my issue is, it, I've been told, like by people that know a lot more than you and I do, that have sat in the meetings that said they'll never, they'll never go back to that. And and yeah, maybe you should never say never. But that's the thought process right now is they will never go back we're, to not a free transfer, which I don't understand. Welcome to free agency college football. It's worse than free agency. It's every year. It's yeah, it's worse. Open like like yeah. if if you took there's no con there's no if you got contract. paid two hundred grand to go to Georgia and you sucked, you, they they miss they misevaluated you and you shouldn't be there. You're not good enough and you decide to transfer, you can leave. If, you know, and, or, or you're, you don't play right away, and you're pretty damn good, and other schools know it, 
they can call you and say, we're going to give you 250000 right. They could DM you, however they want to sneak around, go to your parent, your handler, your trainer, whatever, give you two fifty a year. And you're going to start here and you're not playing there. You can go. Or if you're really good, you play at Georgia one year, you start for the defending national champs and Bama or A&M or Texas or LSU or USC or whoever goes, man, that is the single biggest hole in our roster. If we could get Broninger, we take a, they, they could pay you a million a year. Why would he leave Georgia? They just won a national title. He's starting for them. It's an NFL factory. They finished third in the country. They, well, we're going we're gonna to pay him five times what he's making because we can, and by buying that wide receiver, we'll win a national title next year. That's all that we're missing. Give him a million. Boom. He's gone. Free in the NFL, you are bound, bound by, contract. by a contract at least for some period of time, and then you're unless you're traded, and so it's not free agency. It's something entirely worse. It's like imagine the NFL if every single player were a free agent every single year. That's what you've created. So it's the stupidest crap I've ever seen in sports. And and then someone will challenge you on it, and, and the person that's just uneducated on or just that, that doesn't listen to an argument says oh are you saying players shouldn't be paid they've they've been it's not at all what no. we're saying and are you saying the coaches can leave and players can't on some level yeah but on the other level i'm saying my policy would be let them leave if the coach leaves but that's it apparently and that's not a good enough does the, my, like, the money's gonna dry up People, you're going to pay $10 million a year eventually to keep the current players, not even recruit new Ryan, ones. Ryan, if you knew like what's being said, you, everybody worries about what's being said about A&M, $30 million. And, and you've heard stuff in some other sports too, like baseball. And the, I mean, let's be real. LSU fans are going crazy about getting these baseball transfers. I, how much money? I mean, I, I'm not even going to say make something up. Imagine how much money LSU baseball coming off the season they just had with a coach that doesn't have a huge vote of confidence from that fan base and, and to get the guys they just got out of the portal. That's a lot of money. And, and LSU fans won't care about if you say – They no, may be second But in line. they might be convincing themselves that they really got them because those guys just want to come play for Johnson at LSU when the reality is – they paid a ton of money. And these are the same fans that are trying to hold Jimbo to some standard when these are the same people who, with Edo and Les Miles and Our Lady of the Lake, and, and, and it's, it's so funny how it's a moving target for everyone. But the amount of money, like you look at Rashada, if he's making a fraction of what they say, the QB at USC, if he's making a fraction of what the Tennessee, that money that those quarterbacks are getting paid, then what do all these quarterbacks around the country right. say? Well, I see Quinn Ewers driving Aston Martin. Wait till you see whatever Arch Manning has when he gets to Austin. I see Rashada and, and all these guys getting, like Nick Saban said Bryce Young made a million before he even played it down. Well, I'm, I'm a true freshman quarterback. I haven't played it down. So all these kids are going to be threatening to transfer. If I was a head coach on some level, I'd say get your ass on. And, uh, you, in fairness, within reason, Get your ass on because I'll just go get another malcontent 
out of the portal and somebody that's not happy with how much he got. It it is wild. And if that much is quarterbacks. But here's the one thing that everybody's missing this, Billy. You got to play. You got to show up on Saturday and perform, or nobody wants to give you a dime. But but you don't have to before you get paid. But what hap- but I'm saying and is what happens if Quinn Ewers don't have any protection, he can't get the I ball agree, off and, and here's the up. problem. Here's why this is, just doesn't seem like it's going to be long-lasting except for about five programs that, that win at the level that the people given this. Because if somebody's sitting here as a multi, you know, several times over millionaire or, I mean, you know, 100, 200, 300 million billionaire. And these people don't make money by making bad investment decisions. They're not, that's not in their DNA. That's not what they're used to. Uh, they want return on their investment. And in this case, it's, it's good players and winners and grateful athletes. Um, you get somebody that's got, you know, their name on some facility or building it and, and they're given like millions of dollars in some instances, some of these guys around the country. I haven't seen that happen with A&M yet. Uh, millions of dollars for NIL or, or hundreds of thousands of dollars for NIL. And you got a guy that, that you know got a huge NIL deal and he transfers after one year because he doesn't play. Or you get a five-star recruit, he gets on campus, he gets an NIL deal, he transfers after a year, he's really good, and he goes, and, you know, let's say he's at – TCU and they NIL'd him and he leaves and goes to Ohio State after a year. See how these people that are investing in this right. field, it's a horrifically terrible investment or, like you said, well, you said play. Or if the team's losing, hey, we're preseason top five, we're paying a coach this much, we're, our NIL's this much, and, and we're going seven and five or five and seven, then it also dries up. What about the people that go, man, I'm giving all this money and we're not, you know, uh, I could be doing that to, you know, the 12th Man Foundation or the Texas X's or whatever and getting priority points or whatever you want to call it, upgrading my seats, add, you know, increasing my status. Huge and, fight for the money. I'm getting nothing back. The tax write-off standpoint of it, yep. which some of these things I think will work around that. But And then the, the state laws. Like you look at Louisiana. Somebody was asking me, Somebody, I, somebody told me that Brian Kelly stood up and told the entire LSU team they should do this. Uh, it's something that I've been talking to people about, and it's like an NIL opportunity. And they said, for, you know, you, they're signing up entire teams now. It's not for a ton of money, but it, it's, it's enough, you know. They're signing up entire teams. And somebody told me Brian Kelly stood up and told the team. Now, I don't know if this is true, but that's what the person with knowledge of it told me. Kelly said, you guys should all do this. And I'm going – like maybe you know maybe uh, Jimbo or Sark. I said I don't think they can do that. In fact, I know they can't. But I think that's a that's a Texas rule. But in Louisiana mm-hmm. and some of these schools where the states were can get involved, then they probably can do it. And that's why he was able to do it. But I don't think like Sark or or or. Uh, I'm losing track of these coaches now. Dykes or Aranda. Like, I don't think Holgerson, I don't think they can stand up and do that in the state of Texas. So, that's the other problem with it. Yeah. So, there's a million of them. We're it's up against the break. We come back. Let's talk a football. It's Billy Lucci. I'm Ron Brown. You're listening to Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Back to Texas Radio. Ryan Bronger and Billy Lucci with you inside the Rollo Insurance Studios. Lucci, we got a quick segment here. Um, we're going to start looking at the A&M, I guess, roster. When you said you want to talk some, some ball, 
in terms of A&M and the upcoming like, practices in 30 days, essentially. Yeah. So kind of talked to Olin about the new move-ins, man, like essentially getting a whole other class in this summer. And some of the guys that we're hearing stories about early on, um, I know Haynes was in here doing the NIL, dude, and I asked him about some of the new guys, and he mentioned – Harassed my guess. Well, I just – Do I, I do was that with your keeping, baseball uh, – do, do I do that with your baseball guys? Well, no, because they're not sitting out there waiting. You know, so I was I was keeping Haynes company well, as well. As they, no. But he mentioned Noah Thomas and Chris Marshall by name. Everybody does. You know, and that that's exciting when you think about what everybody's said since Evan Stewart stepped foot on campus yeah. about him. So you really feel like – there's a chance they hit a home run at receiver, which they desperately needed to do. They've had some good signees along the way, but not – I wouldn't say they've had a, a true elite class of receivers signed since Jimbo got here. Um, and they stepped up and did that this season, I think. I mean, early returns – I mean, first of all, two of them are five stars right. for starters. Second, though – the early returns have been, I would say, beyond encouraging, like exciting, exciting. At receiver and tight end, and everyone's talking about those tight ends, and particularly, you know, Theo Malin Ostrom. Not to say they're not talking about Donovan, and especially Jake Johnson, who showed while, when he was out there this spring how good he could be mm-hmm. right away. But Theo, and I've said it before, so I'll keep it short, but Theo and some of these other guys at the bottom of the class in terms of just rankings only which most years would be probably most years like let me give you six seven names Martrell Harris Theo Mark Naboo Hunter Herb Itch Harris Noah Thomas uh, and Noah Thomas okay so six names there normally those guys were are probably like the meat, the middle and the meat of yeah. your class, and it would be a pretty good class. That's probably like the meat of a top fifteen class. You know, there'll be a small handful of guys rated higher, a couple guys, you know, some guys yeah. rated under. I would even throw in like, like a uh, like a Bobby Taylor, like a Jared Kerr, like that's like we're up to like eight guys now that you go well. Those dudes, especially the first six I named that are those guys are really turning heads with what they can do athletically and just in the offseason. In a couple instances, you know, namely like Theo and Naboo and, and Herb, like what they look like physically. Um, and those guys are the lower rated, so that's really exciting. It tells you that maybe the class is even better. And then you've got stories, things like Gabe Brownlow Dindy at 308, Running is running probably faster than any of our 300-pounders on the roster, and he's not all the way back from an ACL yet. yoked. Absolutely. You saw that picture yeah. of him. I saw him in person. He's, he's just – he looks like he's been in college football for three years. Walter, Walter Nolan, Nolan great, Walter Nolan's like 310, which is good weight yeah. for him. They said he's running really well. Um, you know, I've heard about, you know, how quick and explosive guys like Malik and Eni White are. We – um, Jacoby Matthews, everybody, you know, I've, I've talked to, you know, I've had a bunch of DBs in here and they're like, oh, oh yeah, like he's, you know, and him and Denver Harris. And then you got like some people aren't even talk, don't even talk. I saw somebody. It's hard to talk about them all, dude. Listed me a bunch of corners and they're like, is this the best the cornerback position has been since the wrecking crew? And I'm like, yeah, top to bottom talent wise. And then you return. Like I forgot Brian George was on the team. And and I'm not saying, like, Brian George has started, like, 
three or four SEC Start games. An Start an Orange Bowl. Yeah. Maybe three SEC games in an Orange Bowl. Miles Jones, I always say he's out there on the field in the Rose Bowl as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Sick, he's in year six. Um, and then you got two returning starters in, in Tyreek Chappelle and Jalen Jones. Yeah. That's just, and that doesn't even count. That doesn't even count. Uh, Smoke Bowie, borderline five star that you flipped and had to hold on to desperately from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Denver Harris, arguably the top cornerback prospect in the country. Uh, Marcus Groves Killebrew, who's out right now. Bobby Taylor. I mean, you t- it's insane what they've got at, at that position and and at safety. You can do the same thing. So, I mean, it's like you said. You said a second class, right? That first class we decided would have been a top fifteen, the, the early enrollees, mm-hmm. and now you're bringing in a group of nineteen, which is damn near what you're going to sign in your whole class next year. So this team that spring, and you include injuries. It looked nothing at all like what it's going to look like in well, the fall. Yeah, way different. Here's my big question, Brian, before we – I know you got a break. You had a break to go to? Yeah, we got to go to break, and I want to kind of curtail this into recruiting. So here's my – okay, so here's my big question about this, and we'll talk about it next week or something. How quickly can this all come together, and how quickly, once they settle on a quarterback, can they get quarterback play that's, say, in the top – five or even six in the SEC out of 14 teams. If they can do that and come together quickly, this team can make a run in an SEC title and more this year. The question is, can it come together quickly enough? Because you got Miami in week three. You got Arkansas in September. Crazy if you think year. App State's – you can't App show State, up. you yeah. can't just show up. You, I mean, you, you, should, you could show up and win maybe later in the year, but maybe not in game two of a right. new starting quarterback and they're used to this stuff. And then Mississippi State, who beat you here last year, who returns their quarterback, really good D.C., a lot of defensive talent in Starkville. That is a very tall order in the first five games or so, a very tall order for a team that's having a lot of adjustment to make. But if they can make it quickly, meaning in fall camp, this team could be one of the five best teams in college football this year. And if that's the case – then you probably do go 3-0 and in those games. So yep. it'll be fascinating to see how quickly Jimbo and company can bring it together. When we come back, we'll start that in the little recruiting talk. You're listening to Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Hi, we're back. 1040. Ryan Brown, Jerry, and Billy Lucci, Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Zane with a little delivery during the break for Billy. Really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, you mentioned I'm enjoying it. 19 newcomers uh, in the summer from the class of 22. Going to have a similar number uh, in the class of 23, 20 to 22, 23. And, yeah. like, people continue to freak out over recruiting happenings across the country that are not happening at A&M. Um, and I still, like, there's, I've got no reason to believe that A&M won't sign a top six class again. Like, I, they're still in on enough guys where I think they're in a good spot to, to get a top six they class. They need momentum. I, I think people – there's a difference between – and this is where, and in today's day and age of these ass clowns that infiltrate your websites and stuff and they go screenshot it and post it, you almost have to like, there's a sense of responsibility on your part and my part, and I know we both factor this in where it's like, and even with the certain posters, there's about a handful of them that they just, it almost makes it to where you have to factor that in on how you deliver the info and it sucks that that's where it's 
it's become because there is no reason for a panic whatsoever. But you can be honest and you can say, yeah, they, they're, they're behind where they were. When they signed the number one class ever, mind right. you, um, when they signed almost 10 more guys than they're going to sign this year, mind you. So you do have to factor that in. And I do think they're in need of momentum. Because a month ago, Bronny, I would have said, no big deal because no one's committing anywhere. Now guys are committing elsewhere that, that you targeted, that you wanted. Um, I mean, Tony Mitchell is as elite as they come. And Jontae Cook's a five-star receiver. But I wouldn't call either of those like backbreakers. Um, Tony Mitchell actually more so than, than Jontae Cook, in my opinion, because I think Jalen Hales is as good a prospect as Jontae, and I think a couple guys they're recruiting in Florida are probably better. And I said that, and they are. They're better prospects athletically, like Hakeem, Hakeem Williams physically. Um, you know, Hakeem Williams, it's, it, that's five-star size. Um, there's certain things it's to me that to be a true five star receiver, you you got to have, that, and that guy's a game changer. So, but even with that, when John Tate Cook goes to Texas, it gives Texas some momentum along with what else they've already had going with Arch. But also, it's one less receiver now, and you're trying to get a couple of elite ones. Mm -hmm. It's one less option, and then you look up at a certain position, it's two less. You know. Ruben Owens goes to Louisville. Well, you need a running back. Ruben Owens goes to Louisville. All of a sudden, people are saying Cedric Baxter, they're penciling him in in Texas. I think that might be a little premature, and A&M has some time to rally and rebound, but there's a reason why people are saying that's because Texas is very confident. For a running back, number one in the country from Miami, have you seen what running backs do in this offense, the relationship Jimbo has with Baxter? So, yeah, I do think – it is time that if you're in that building right now, you, you got to start going, guys, we need to get this stuff going. Don't give me the, well, the season hadn't even played out yet. Guys, so are, you gotta get some I'm not saying who or where. Guys are getting paid. Contrary to what a, a, you know, everyone was saying about A&M, if you act like guys aren't getting paid big money to make these early commitments, they are, which is going to make them a lot harder to break. So people going, well, it's just a commitment. It's so early. And I think that's different now because people are being financially compensated uh, and things are different. I don't think a lot of commitments are going to break and stuff. So is it panic time? No. Do they need momentum? Yeah. Can you stay? You recognize that, hey, things are going a little slower? Yeah. Can you and I sit there and paint a class that's very realistic? right now that would put them you know Ohio State was number four last year with 21 signees that would put them in that four five six seven range with only about let's just yeah. make up a number and say 21 yeah we could do that right now sure the key is can you do it three guys for each of the 20 you know well 15 or so spots left can you do that with three guys at each position because if you can do that then you feel very good about it. and then the spots where you can't that's when you go, okay, you really need to rally on Cedric Baxter. You really need to beat Texas for Anthony Hill. Like, so certain guys now are starting to rise up, or you really need to flip Ruben Owens from whatever it is. Yeah. You can look at certain positions and go, okay, you, you need O-line. 
See, so I don't think I, like I think TJ Shanahan's a big deal. I do too, and and here's why too. I don't think Texas did anything on their O line that bothers A and M in the slightest. Those four guys, right? Not not a one of them, and I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they didn't. Goosby, they they the family they wanted A and M to offer before they'd come to camp, and A and M said we're not ready to offer. I mean, Howell likes him. I think yeah. he's a good-looking prospect. But A&M, that, that doesn't hurt when it's a guy that you wouldn't even offer before seeing him. Uh, I think Stroh is a guy that Texas just recruited more doggedly because I think they liked him more, just being perfectly honest. Um, he's an A&M legacy. And then the other two guys, I think the, the one that A&M I think would have liked to have had more than any of the others is the guy from Killeen. Chad Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. And he was he OV'd here and I think he he could have committed and had a spot. But it's not that any of those guys are are a bother to where anybody over there is, you know, staying up at night, like, eh, how do we let that happen? Not at all. But you combine those four with Harris Sewell, who again, I think AM would have absolutely taken Harris. They wanted him. But it's not that, hey, my God, we need a 300-plus-pound guard in the worst way. Because they're loaded up there with yep. young talent at that spot. But it's the fact that now you're talking about five guys in state that are SEC-worthy to varying degrees that are, that are committed elsewhere. And I think Shanahan's the best one. But it it may, it makes getting him that much more important because I don't know in state who's really next. You you like Colton Thomason has that Hunter Herb feel to me right now like he's going. Well, and he's right your guy, yeah, yeah. And he's your committed guy, but right. yeah, I like that. And, and but Shanahan, his versatility, he's he plays offensive line the way Bryce Foster does. Mm-hmm. That's who my comparison yeah. plays. I like him is. a lot. I love him. Well, hey, when we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll go to break here. I do want to get quarter, quick quarterback thought on what happens in this class. Get it now because I have to go before the really? final segment. Yeah. All right. Is it, do you think it's Novasad Moore or no quarterback? Like, I, I think they have to get a quarterback. Do you? I mean, you could all – look, we're in a new age right, of portal, transfer portal. and portal, but it's, it'll be hard to get a portal when you have a returning starter with multiple years of eligibility left. So, it, that's not – that's not going to be easy. Now you could get a one one year guy, but he's also got Connor Wigman in front of right. him. So I think you've got to get one. And I think I, I would love to see them. Me personally, I'd love to see them land Nova side. Moore is a complete stud. Um, I just I just think if, if they can get over this hump and get Austin Nova side to flip from Baylor, commit to A and M, I think you feel incredible about what you were able to sure. do at that position. And that's a guy that has a full understanding of what's on campus. And I think he understands that all three of those guys probably won't be here when he's here as a true freshman. And it'll set up as a, as a nice situation for a freshman. And all, all this realignment stuff gets tangled into recruiting because what is the what is the Baylor yeah. program when all this stuff gets settled? Absolutely. And is Dave Aranda even there? Is Dave Aranda going to want to coach in a second division of college football? Who knows? But I, I would be obviously a sales pitch, and, right. and but then at the same time, A and M's trying to flip Zach, you know, uh, Zach Branch, Zachariah Branch, Zachariah right. Branch from Bishop Gorman, the five star receiver. Did this news of USC help them retain yeah. him? 
Because maybe you're saying no one gives a damn about football in the Pac-12. Right. Maybe that's been part of the pitch. I don't think it has. I don't think it's gotten there yet. But, I mean, the Pac-12 was a, a, a low-hanging fruit target, and now USC yep. could say. Now, what I would say is you go in that league and be playing game. Like, it just is, I, I would be hitting against that, but whatever. But it, it helps and hurts with everybody. Thanks for coming in. All right, bro. All right, that's Billy Lucci, Ryan Brogge. I'll come back and wrap up the show. You're listening to Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Lucci came back and got something you wanted to say in the final segment. Something you to let the world know about. Are we on? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking to the back. We were just talking during the break about, you know, Nuno's on vacation. You said you're going to start a wedding shred, shred get ready for the, for the wed. wed. Yeah. Um, uh, Nuno told me the other day, and I think I didn't realize <laughs> this is like some serial killer stuff here. He said <laughs> he has written down every workout he's ever done. Okay, get this. Since 2001. That's 21 years. This guy has 20 plus years somewhere in his house. Is it on paper? He said he wrote it. I could see it. I mean, he probably doesn't trust like his computer failing and him losing. He's probably got it backed up and right. But 20 years of documenting every workout. And what he does is the, the sets and the weight amount and the reps. Of every workout for 21 years. We got to get our hands on that book. That is, that is, uh, I mean, like, he needs help. That's, that's insane. That, his wife, that's some, as they say in, in Super Bad, that's some psycho bleep, man. You think his, like, twin boys by dad. They'll, they're getting to that age where they'll probably hit him with it soon. They're so well behaved like and well mannered. Like dad. Like dad. And yeah, it might be a formal sit down. I think, I think Quinn's probably had to have a couple of those with Olin. Not about working out. Not about. Out. Olin does not write down his workouts. <laughs> I can promise you. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you shared that with the world. Yeah, it's insane. Especially because there's no way there's me. there's Concerns no way is listening. Uh, he'll it'll get back to. It'll, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have to talk about it okay. with him. No, on we. Here. This has to be brought up with you and him. Yeah. And or I think you. We need, I think we need to see it. I think we have to see this book. Yeah. Because there's no doubt it's highlighted. And it's got like markers and stuff in it from this was a killer bicep workout yeah. in 07. No question. Remember, yeah, it's like, you know how we talk about football games? Like, gosh, do you remember the, yeah. the, the Nebraska game 9 6? And he's like, man, do you remember the. Uh, oh, when he the, has a the, bad one. You, you remember the hammer curls of, of 2014? <laughs> when he has a bad one, it's like the Todd Blythe uh, Iowa State game. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. All right, we got to go. <laughs> that was fun. Um, all right, we'll be. I'll be back I, on later in the week. I don't know with who. I if had, it's Dalton or the NIAC. Well, I I did want to say this. So I started that crowdsourcing thread, and this is I got yeah. cut off in the nine o'clock hour because I wasn't listening. You're proud of those threads that take no work and get a no, lot of traction. No, I was traction. surprised because uh, it was about crowdsourcing interest in Aggie baseball. Where were you before the season started, and where are you at now? Just give yeah. me a number from one to ten. Got five hundred responses, fifteen thousand views. Every just about every one of them. Saying I was at a four, now I'm at a nine. I was at yeah. a three, now I'm at an eight. Like people well, are. Just, you did, in other words, they did what the team did. Right. Not making the SEC tournament to to essentially being in the college baseball's not essentially they were in college baseball's final. But four. what I was going to ask you is like now, how much more are you going to pay attention to the draft in a couple of weeks and go? 
as yeah. the future of what for, the A&M's baseball's going to look For me, that was in on this the whole time because, you know, I love baseball. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was frustrated with how it was going. And then even before the season, getting to know Slosh and, and that coaching staff, A, I loved the hire. I said, okay, that's a championship hire. That was the first thing we said when the hire was made. That's a national championship hire, that coach with his track record with this combination. Then getting to know them, I'm like, okay, now I'm just flat out rooting for them. Yeah. Um, and I believe in them even more. You know, the first time I met Nate Yeske and, and Nolan Kane out of Traditions, I, looked, I walked back over and I said, man, those dudes, they're, they're real. And their resume said as much, but we'll meet them. So I, I took that, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I was at, I'm going to be very interested in the draft and the guys you talked about. Yeah, well, what happens if they get minute, most, Werner back? It's a preseason top five. Yep, and you go with Jack Moss and you go with Ryan Targotch and Jordan Thompson and all those guys. Very interesting next couple of weeks for the next year's version of Aggie Baseball. That's been the show. We appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, continue to tackle this realignment stuff as it looks like more stuff has been coming out this morning while we've been on air. So stay tuned to 1150 all day. I'm sure Louie and the rest of the folks will be uh, – keeping you guys up to date on the latest in conference realignment. We'll be right back here tomorrow morning to talk about that as well. This is Ryan Broninger for Tex-Ags Radio. Uh, we were presented by David Gardner's Jewelers <laughs> and Louis Bellina is on the other side of the break on The Zone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.